Who are you texting? My therapist. You text with your therapist? Text, video chat, call. Yep, that sounds too easy. How did you find her? I just went to betterhelp.com slash save. She's a licensed therapist and it's all online. I connect when it's convenient for me and don't waste time driving anywhere. Plus, it's affordable. I wonder if I should try it. It's great to talk to someone in confidence. She's helped me sort out quite a few things. And right now you save 10% off the first month when you go through betterhelp.com slash save. Betterhelp.com slash save. Got it. You work hard. Switching to Metro isn't. This holiday, there's zero fees to switch. Right now, get high-speed data for just 25 bucks a line for four lines. That's Metro's lowest price, period. Plus, get four free Samsung Galaxy phones when you switch. Metro by T-Mobile, empowering you to rule your holiday. Plus device sales tax with eligible port in a no T-Mobile service in past 180 days. One phone per line while supplies last. If new line deactivates, all lines lose four-line promo rate. Additional terms apply. Limited time offer. See Metro by T-Mobile.com. You're listening to Castrol CarCast on Podcast One. Napa know-how. At Napa, we've stopped thinking outside the box. Instead, we're thinking inside the bucket. The $2.99 Napa bucket to be exact. When you fill those bad boys with auto parts, you can get 20% off three or more items that fit inside. No overthinking required. Just get your bucket, fill it up, and save 20%. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores, exclusions apply. May not be combined with other offers. Offer ends 731.20. When it comes to reviewing your finances, a good place to start is by reviewing your mortgage. It's something few people ever do. But if you never review your mortgage, you'll never know if there might be a better option. That's where the Ulster Bank Mortgage Team could help. Wherever you bank, be sure to talk to us and see if switching could make a difference. Just search Ulster Bank Switch. Ulster Bank. Help for what matters. Over 18s only. Ulster Bank Ireland DAC is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. Hey guys, we're going to have a fun show today. We're going to have our friend Alistair Weaver back on from Edmunds.com. We're going to talk about all new F-150 and uh, get into that before we get started. Right now, Geico is offering an extra 15% credit on car, motorcycle, and RV policies. That's a 15% discount on top of the money Geico already saves you. So what are you waiting for? Your dog to make you breakfast in bed? Nah, that's never going to happen. But you know, saving money can. There's never been a better time to switch to Geico. Save an extra 15% when you switch by October 7th. Visit geico.com to learn more. Hey guys, welcome to CarCast. I'm Matt, the moderator. DeAndre here with Bill Goldberg, and we're welcoming our good friend Alistair Weaver from Edmunds.com back uh, onto the show. Oh, how are you guys? How are you, Bill? Good, man. Uh, feels like Groundhog Day again <laughs> with the uh, virus showing its ugly head, rearing its ugly head again. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's 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 on you and know. it's off and it's on and it's off. It seems like, uh, Alistair, how are you doing, buddy? Yeah, pretty much the same. Kind of, kind of ready for it all be over and get on with life a little bit. But yeah, I, I'm okay. I mean, podcasts are all about being positive, so I'm good. 
Yeah. <laughs> there you go. All right. Before we get started, a shout out to our friends at Dodge. It's time for Dodge Power Dollars. And that means for each horsepower, you'll get $10 off your purchase of, on a Dodge Charger, Challenger, and Durango. So come in for Dodge Power Dollars today for a pretty sweet deal. Uh, yeah. So uh, all kinds of cool stuff to talk about. Of course, F-150 was a big debut. We want to get into that. And uh uh, and some other some other things as well. Um, I thought the uh, debut of F one fifty was was very interesting. I thought the truck looks good. Not a huge departure in design because the design has been pretty successful for them so far. Uh, had some pretty cool features, but um, uh, before we get into that, uh, quick update. I I went to uh, my friend Dave's house and uh, picked up the BMW M three. Uh, you guys know the story of all the issues, the ups and downs of that thing, getting it tuned and and getting it cool. Uh, Dave did such a good job. He's completely, he's just so meticulous on everything he, he does on that thing. So um, it it runs fantastic. There doesn't seem to be any cooling issues at all. Uh, new fans and just all the work he did on it uh, between... All the proper wiring, by the way, he went through on, on the ECU and just redid the mess wiring, uh, fixed everything up. Um, we put uh, a fan controllers on the fan, so it's not just a hard on or off. It's progressive. It kicks on at about 60% when you need it and then ramps up, which also helps eliminate that that shock on the system. It doesn't go from zero to whatever full like if you may have an amp and a fan, it may pull, I don't know, 30 amps. But if, when it first fires on, it could spike to, you know, 40 or more. Right. So this soft touch version uh, is is much better. Um, and and the idea that it's a progressive switch and it ramps up the fans when you need it. Um, it's uh, it's less wear and tear on the motors for the fan. So it's definitely something that uh, in the. In the world of engine cooling, I think more of the manufacturers are moving in this direction. But these components are available in the aftermarket, and I would recommend them to anybody doing anything on on a hot rod. If you're starting to add horsepower and improve the oh cooling, oh my god, it, yes! Like <laughs> these these uh, p- uh, these uh, PWMs, I think some people call them as a pulse width module. Uh, that uh, slowly ramps up the cooling fans. It's a, it's a game changer. Uh, and of course, there's the AC um, bypass when you turn on the air, the fans come on. But anyway, thing runs great. It's fast as hell. Uh, I forgot that we put the new clutch in it, the ACT clutch, and uh, and it's so much better. It's not killing my knee. It's not killing my leg. Um, but, the, I, but the question of the hour is: This week on the podcast, are you going to buy? Are you going to keep it? Or are you going to sell it? I'm going to sell it. I'm going to sell it. It's got it's got twenty five thousand miles on it. Uh, you know, I. I'll, I'll put a few miles on. I just want to, you know, uh, have a little bit of fun with it. But why don't I, you enjoy it for a little while after all of the painstaking work that's been done, instead of just dumping it? I mean, enjoy yeah, it for a little bit. But you just don't want to break it again before some. You know, well, before you get rid of it, right? So part of it I is enjoy it, man. Part of it is this: is is the M threes are doing pretty well, and they're doing pretty well, like on bring a trailer and stuff. And this car is very cool all of the mods and stuff that are on it and i i feel like it's right at that point of if i put 
10,000 more miles on it, I'm going to take a hit in value. And if I don't put it on there, um, I can enjoy it for a little bit. I can sell it, have somebody else enjoy it. And uh, and kind of do what they want for it, and then I because I'm really liking the GT500, and and I do like the new Mach One, and I don't need another car. <laughs> but but that's, the endless loop continues. But that's kind of what we do here, right? So, uh, Matt, do you want to do you want to borrow our GT500? Uh, I just drove one. Wait, is yours? Yes. I'm just going to say yes. Shut up and say yes. Yeah. I, listen, anybody that says you want to drive a GT500, I'll go, I've driven three of them. And yes, I want to drive it. So uh, I, I had a conversation with the dealer. and They tried to explain the markup to me. And uh, I, I tried not to boil my blood and have my head pop off the top of my body because you know how I feel about dealer markups. So um, that being What are they quoting, Matt? 25,000. 25,000 over over sticker. That seems to be a, 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 a nice number that all these manufacturers. I, and and are, I don't know why. And I'm sure you can negotiate it a bit. And I don't, I still want to get into the whole markup thing. It's going to get me irritated. And that's as right. Alistair pointed out, podcasts are for fun, not for but being pissed. <laughs> so if you get the carbon pack and all the goodies, yeah. basically that's a 125K Mustang. It's, you know, I, I, I think I priced it out at about 105. And and, and with the twenty five on, but then twenty five on top, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, so it would have been, yeah. so been one hundred and thirty with everything. Remember, now, Alistair. Uh, just positive. Yeah, yeah. Stay positive, right? Stay positive. <laughs> so here, here's so a basically, it, it's the same price as a nine eleven Carrera S. Bingo. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which is another idea. <laughs> and another anyway, conversation right. and another podcast. Okay, so speaking of 9-11s, how is your 9-11, Alistair? What year is your car? So mine's a 97, so it's a 993. It's the last of the last of the air-cooled. I like those. Um, yeah, it's, 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 it's a lovely, lovely thing. I had one in the UK, then when sold it when I had to come here, when I came here, and then actually ended up buying. I thought about tried loads of things thought about everything and then ended up buying pretty much the same car they're just they're just a lovely thing because you can drive them every day you can do pretty you know you can i do take it shopping and things like that but at the same time it looks fabulous it feels special and i was actually really actually talk about rivals but i was reading the original road test on car and driver the other day and you realize like how much things have moved on this thing has the same wheelbase as a miata but actually <laughs> there's, there's like four seats inside and it's tiny and 911s now have got so big and what I love about it is, you know, you drive it at 30 miles an hour and it feels special. And a lot of the time on the road, that's what you need. And I don't want to, I don't want to kind of massively modify it. I think there's a couple of things I'd like to do. I'm going to try and protect the paintwork, uh, but also maybe put a slightly noisier exhaust on it because that air-cooled motor just sounds so good. So maybe upgrade the suspension. Bill Steen Porsche have some new shocks for it. Like to do the exhaust. And then also in time, do Porsche brought out a classic radio which does CarPlay, uh, which would be yeah. great as well. Yeah, yeah, that's but, uh, the, the exhaust probably the first on the first on the list. I'm with you on that with the exhaust, but the thing about exhaust is is it's a very particular thing. So anybody that's shopping for exhaust, we've all done this. You just 
deep dive into YouTube videos and listen to as many different exhaust clips as you can. You'll even try to find five different clips of the same exhaust just in case it's being recorded differently or different distance away, front of the car, rear of the car. Have you found something that you're leaning to right now? Is there is there a particular exhaust that you like? There's a lot of people talking about the. It's called a Fister, F I S T E R. Strange name, Fister, Fister Stage Two. Yeah. Um, and then if you want to go free flow cats and things like that, you can do that as well. But that seems to be a decent mix of something which doesn't make you. I don't want it too exhausty. Yeah. You know, you also want to kind of hear hear the end and hear the you know the the, the balance of the sound. Um, but nine nine threes, if you drive early nine elevens, nine nine threes are very quiet, and they're actually pretty cut. They're, they're, they're comfortable, and you know, this is my you know, I'm very, my very privileged toy, if you like, and I just want to be able to, to hear it a bit more. So I kind of want to preserve the character and the sound, but just turn the volume up a little bit. Right. So, well, and- I mean, Alistair, I've got that 92, and I'm going to use your your uh, situation as a case study. But, you know, the only thing I'd want to do exhaust-wise on the 92 is accentuate the sound that's already there, just magnify it. Yeah, I think, I think this might do it. So uh, let's look into that exhaust. Maybe we'll pull some clips or something of that at some point, and then uh, and then you guys out there in the in in the world that are listening to it, if you have that Fister exhaust, let me know what you guys think about it. Reach out to Alistair as well. He's uh, he's Alistair Weaver on Twitter, and then he changed his Instagram. He's, uh, he's, I succumb to peer pressure. I want to hear it. I come on this show, nobody can say Alistair, so I had to get rid of Alistair completely. And then every time I come on this show, you all laugh at Weavometer. So I'm now Weaver on Cars. Weaver, Weaver on, on cars. cars. Weaver on yeah. Cars. Wait, Weavometer is gone. I loved Weavometer. Yeah. <laughs> I'm approximately 1.5 million followers behind Goldberg, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think uh, I think we all are. I'm in the negative numbers. All right, so uh, reach out to Alistair. Let him know what you guys think of that exhaust. If anybody out there is running the exhaust, we want to hear your see your see some clips. Uh, tag us on those, um, and uh, you know, let's let's see if we can chat with somebody from this company. Hook hook a brother up. See what it uh, see what it sounds like. Uh, sounds good. I mean, there's there's such a big market for that whole air cool thing, and you know, particularly here around Southern California. And yeah, I, mean, you, I think Bill's absolutely right. You don't want to kind of go crazy with these things, but what you want to do is just you know, and technology moves on, and and that's the interesting thing about some of the suspension stuff. We put it on modern tires, and suddenly the suspension, the original suspension, doesn't really work anymore because you know the tires have changed and mm-hmm. that modern road conditions. So it's about preserving the character of the car, but then just kind of iterating it a bit. It's funny. I, I've been uh, this past week. I've been driving a Chevy Bolt with a B, the Chevy Bolt, the electric car, and I got in there. It's like, yeah, it's kind of small, and and you know, it's it's not super sexy. And then I, it just felt like a big golf cart to me. And then you know, three days into it, four days into it, five days into it, I was like, I'm kind of liking it more and more. It's a great little car. It's a look. It's a it's a commuter car, and it's a it's great to zip around town in and it definitely fits in parking spots that you can't normally fit in. It's uh it's quiet, uh, which, and the power's not bad and the range seemed fine. I wasn't getting like range anxiety and I started having more fun with it throughout the week. Uh, and then I, I started thinking, Hey, you know what? I will mention this car. And I will say this is a pretty cool 
electric car to get. I think it's a great commuter around town car. Uh, and it does things well. And by the way, it has the gauges in the right location. It's not wonky with stuff in the middle and the center stack and the whatever. Like it feels like a car. And, uh, you know, not a, a lot of features on the inside. And the seats are very flat. And I get they're probably spending more money on the electric drivetrain than they are on all the fancy features. But, you know, the car play worked. The gauges were fine. The touchscreen was fine. Everything was fine. Um, but, yes, but then to your point, after spending a week in that car – I go from that directly into my M3. I fire it up. Superchargers whistling. Blow-off valve is blowing off on the freeway. And uh, the exhaust, is, the Magnaflow exhaust is making all kinds of noise. I'm like, yeah, I, I think I'm over the bolt. <laughs> like, it was, <laughs> it, was, it was fine. It, like, I was starting to like it, but then I was like, it's, it's fine. It can go back now. It's good. Which is funny because the next press car is, uh, is the Volvo V90 wagon. I'm getting the Volvo oh, wagon. Oh, that's a nice thing. Yeah. That's a lovely I, thing. And I'm excited about driving the wagon, but uh, I'm driving the M3 for a few days. Then I'll get the Volvo wagon, and then Galpin's going to finish up on the truck, and I'm going to get that back with its next phase of of stuff uh, done to it. So I'm going to be going back, and that truck's loud. That's got the full Magnaflow exhaust. That's got inch and three-quarter headers on it, right, in anticipation of the new engine. Um, so there's some cool stuff there, uh, as, as well, but, uh, all right, let's talk Ford F-150. This is, this is a big thing. I watched the debut. They did a great job. Uh, they got Dennis Leary, uh, in there, uh, yapping about, uh, F-150. So I thought he was good. He did fine. He was, it was a good host. Um, some pretty cool stuff. And in the world of F-150, uh, there is six engine options, as you would expect. There are 11 grill, front grill options, uh, as as you would expect, uh, something along the lines of that. Um, the uh, uh, Just an overview. We can get details from you, Alistair. But um, a few features that I thought were interesting. Uh, one is the hybrid version. The hybrid version, it's got, uh, I believe it's the 3.5 liter EcoBoost turbo paired up yeah. with electric motors and the battery. I don't know where the motors are, transmission, front, rear. I don't know how it works. Maybe Alistair does know. But it's a combined range of gas and electric for with up to 700 miles on one tank of fuel, which is fantastic. The other thing is, is that uh, that battery gives you onboard power to basically replace a generator that you would use on the job site. I think the F-150 also has this ability, but not as much voltage or not as much longevity on the power. Uh, Alistair, you can correct me on that. uh, Not as much current. Not as much power, not as much current. Um, What's cool about it is, is there are several normal outlets. Let's call them 110 outlet, 120 outlets. Uh, but there's also, because of that onboard battery, there's a 240 plug on there. You can go to the track and bring a welder with you and basically do chassis repairs and stuff like that if you need to. Or you can go on site and you can run significant equipment. This isn't like the 110 power outlet in that a lot of cars and you plug in anything more than a radar detector, it's going to pop. It's like it. this actually produces some power. And if you want to charge your gear while you're going to the job site, you can plug the stuff in, charge up the batteries of your power tools 
as you're driving. It doesn't need to be stationary to do it. So those were cool features. And then the last one I'll mention real quick uh, is I like the idea of uh, they 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 polled their audience and said, hey, do you want a column shifter or center console? And everyone's like, I want the center console. Column's too old school. And they said, great. So they came up with the center console shifter, which they've had for a while. That folds flat when you're parked, completely flat. And then the armrest folds down another, you know, like it'll unfold twice and becomes a platform. You can write on it. You can put a laptop on it. You can eat your lunch on it. Now it's kind of like a business class or first class seat on a plane. I thought that was a pretty cool kind of ingenious uh, uh, little feature on it. And and the, the tailgate has some things where you can hook up some C-clamps. It's got a built-in uh, a ruler basically on there uh, so you can measure stuff. My My first thought was that ruler is basically – embossed into the plastic bed liner and uh my first test for you alistair when you get one of these f-150s is check the goddamn accuracy of that ruler i just feel like the way it's stamped into the to the uh into the uh the bed liner in the back the plastic bed liner, it's like what are the chances uh it's going to be accurate you know like and by the way if you go and get yourself a tape measure if you buy tape measures, let's just say from three different countries of origin, I, I think you're going to find they're not all accurate. So when you step up to like the good brand name, you know, the snap on tape measure, it's going to be more accurate than, let's say, the Harbor Freight one. I don't want to pick on Harbor Freight, but let's pick on Harbor Freight. <laughs> I literally have my Stanley tape measure right here. Yeah, there, there you go, <laughs> right there. Um, anyway, some this cool features of the uh, of the. <laughs> there you go. You got a foot. Is it? Is it? Is it? Is it a foot and a 12. half? Twelve. Well, it's thirteen inches. <laughs> there you go. Anyway, all right. That's, that's my intro to F one fifty. Bill, have you seen any of the photos pop up of F one fifty? Some of the features, the fold down, yeah, I, I, seats. I, I know what I know what they're doing. You know, um, obviously these days you're catering to a different segment of uh, the more doodads and things that uh, you have the ability to plug into your vehicle. The more appetizing it is to the public now. So I get what they're doing. I think I think the lay down uh, desk. Thing is, yeah. kind of, is really cool. Actually, yeah. um, I'd use it a lot. But I would. Um, you know, uh, it, it, like you said, it's a really strange time to be debuting vehicles. But with what they've done and the success they've had on this vehicle in the past, and the changes that they made to it, it's not like they're really debuting a new vehicle. They're just debuting an enhanced vehicle that's proven to sell the hell out of, of a lot of trucks. So um, I think it's cool. Uh, I'm still a Dodge guy. Yeah, right on. Alistair, what's your take on the F-150? What do you think when you yeah, say Yeah, I, I think it's interesting. A bit. Bill's talking about, you know, the Ram really moved the game on, particularly in the interior. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's been kind of Edmund's top-rated top chuggies when I was the last couple of years. And that was a real step ahead, uh, both with the rear suspension. And Ford hasn't gone... Ford, Ford hasn't gone with the more sophisticated rear, rear suspension. It's still um, a leaf, leaf spring. spring in the back. And, yeah, and, so, and Ram has coil springs in the back. Yeah, exactly. And that was maybe that's a little bit of a surprise. Um, but so, so that's one question mark we'd, we'd have against it. But certainly inside, they've really, you know, Ram lifted the game with the, the big screen. And what they were finding, I think when Ram originally brought that out, they had this big sort of vertical, like, like an iPad in your dash. And I think they initially expected take-up to be pretty small. 
And actually, they suddenly realized that everybody was wanting one of these. Everybody was buying them. So Ford's really, really carried on. But actually, I think it's better that their big screen is is horizontal, not vertical. It makes it better for things like CarPlay if you're using that. Mm-hmm. And just that attention to details, great. We talked about the power sources, the little fold-out table. I love the fact that you can have an option where the seats will recline almost 180 degrees like they do on a business class seat on an old plane. So you can, you know, if you need to sleep overnight, you're traveling cross-country or something like that, that's great. And, you know, the, the thought that's gone into these trucks now compared to where we were, say, 10 years ago is, is huge. They're much yeah. more of a kind of lifestyle choice. But I mean, they're getting expensive. I mean, you can you can probably spend eighty, eighty, ninety thousand dollars if you really in a heartbeat. Yeah. yeah, so in let- a heartbeat. And I'm curious to see the segment. You know what they've done with the Raptor, and the rumors are that they're they're trashing the the V6 Turbo and they're going back to the V8. And now Dodge is coming out September, October, supposedly with the TRX finally. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious to see what's going to happen in that segment. Obviously, I'm curious to see what my TRX is going to look like. But uh, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm. It's amazing what they've done over the last couple of years with the Dodge trucks. I think. The other thing, interesting, mate, you're talking about the hybrid, and you're quite right about like the power tools and everything else. But if you're towing, then actually having a hybrid powertrain, that instantaneous torque, that's going to be huge for people who are huge. towing regularly. Do you know how the hybrid powertrain is working on that? Is it all-wheel drive? Is it rear-wheel drive? Are there electric motors? There's like an electric motor on the transmission, like a, I don't know, like a LaFerrari or whoever's doing it. Is it McLaren? P1? There's, a, there's a little bit of stuff to come. I mean, basically, I mean, it's down to three. It's the three and a half liter V6. Just got some of the facts in front of me, Matt. Uh, three and a half liter V6. 47 horsepower electric motor so ram has like a mild hybrid system but this is this is a proper hybrid you know like you find in a in a, in a prius or something and what they're tuning it for is yes it'll have it should be interesting to see how the economy runs runs out and how the the range i mean 700 miles for you know if you're going long distance and your truck is fantastic be interesting to see how it tows because it should be a big bonus for that they say twelve thousand um, pounds that's a that's a Solid number. Yeah. Yeah. It's um yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be quite a thing. Let me let me ask you, I got two questions. You mentioned Raptor and TRX. I got a question about that. And um, but on the F one fifty, uh I posted some stuff on social media and uh the guys on Instagram and Facebook, they all brought up some interesting points. Some people are decisions are made, right? You're 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 a Ford guy, you're not a Ford guy, you like them, you don't like them. Whether you even see the truck in person, there's a lot of decisions that are already made. Um and part of it is fun, part of it's banter and it's all good. But where are we with technology today and the quality of technology? Because when you start looking at like the power outlets and the fold down seats and the wireless car play and, and, you know, uh, the, the, the seats that are turned into beds in the front and the, you know, and all this movement is, uh, are we, are we at a point where all of that stuff is expected to work for a while, or are we still at a point of going, "Hey, uh, you know, putting fifteen electric motors into into the front seat maybe is not the smartest idea because now we've got fifteen more things that can potentially break." I know that's sort of the go-to comment for a lot of people, but uh, you know, and not to pick on other car companies, but this isn't, you know, a 22 year old Jaguar, right? Like this is where you expect some of those things to happen, right? This isn't the, uh, uh, the infotainment system in, in, in one of those cars, you know, this is, 
you know, we've had discussions on infotainment as well. It's like, why do these car companies still trying to spend $100 million developing their own system when it makes more sense to just try to partner with somebody who's doing it and doing it for multiple car companies? Um, I think the biggest, probably the biggest feature uh, for the F-150, believe it or not, is over-the-air updates, you know. Being able to to tweak the software and stuff and not even go into the dealer is probably a huge uh, leg up for Ford and the reliability of that vehicle. But, uh, you know, if you tell somebody, hey, um, I, I'm going to buy a truck and it's a work truck and I do keep those trucks five, six, seven years. I, I You know, you don't lease them. You buy them. You keep them for a while. Do you get full laid down power seats with with a million motors in it, or do you tell them not to get that stuff? It, it's a tough call. The other one I think everybody's talking about is the gear stick that goes up and down. Mm-hmm. You know, it looks great when it's brand new, but the, on the on that day when it's minus twenty outside and you're trying to <laughs> the damn thing doesn't go up, what's the what's the redundancy on it? It's it's very. I had an interesting conversation with Ford's EV engineers who are developing the Ford electric car. I dare not say its name, um, the Mustang. But they uh, and they were saying, I said, well, what is the redundancy on this stuff, particularly the over air updates? Yeah. At what point does at what point do you kind of turn it off? And they said they've got a they have a responsibility to always protect the safety kit. So to always update things like blind spot monitoring and make sure that that is uh, that is robust. On the on the technology side, it's a bit like an iPhone. So if you've still got an iPhone five, you can't run the latest iOS, and Apple will still allow you to have a version of I- have an iOS, but it's not like you can keep updating because sooner or later the the processor and the RAM and all the rest of it just runs out of ability to run the latest systems. But you're right; these things are so electronic now. In you know, in ten years' time, and these you know, people buy these trucks and keep them for a decade or more. Or people buy them. You know, there's a huge market for for older trucks for different purposes. So, it's it's a challenge, most definitely. And on the topic of of Raptor, uh, you know, Raptor's been successful. I think it's been. You can answer this question. I think it's been successful with sales but also successful as a halo truck for that brand. I mean, you've got the best-selling vehicle in the world, arguably, the F-150. I don't know where we are with, like, I don't know, Camry or something, but, you know, the F-150. America's the world, isn't it, really? Yeah, right? (laughs) Is uh, the best-selling vehicle in in, in America. Uh, Does does Dodge create something like the TRX with a crazy motor uh, to be a halo vehicle and get us talking about it again? Or... Is it because they they will make money? They will sell ten or twenty thousand a year. Like, is this is this a financial gain or is this a a, a, a press gain? Not that there's anything wrong with having the Halo vehicle as a, as a press vehicle. Like, I get that, right? You 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 want people talking about the brand and going, "Hey, Raptors are badass." Not everybody wants a Raptor. Before you drive the all new Nissan Rogue, you gotta ask yourself. How rogue are you going to go? We talking be one with nature in the desert rogue? Go snowshoeing in Alaska rogue? Or take the long way home just because kind of rogue? Just a question. But with five available drive modes, you're sure to find the answer. Go rogue in the all-new, fiercely reimagined 2021 Nissan Rogue. Now with the most standard safety features in its class. See owner's manual for important safety information. Auto Pacific segmentation. 2021 Nissan Rogue versus latest in market competitors. Base models compared. But... 
in the media, we love talking about the Raptor, and hopefully that trickles down to a bunch of F-150 sales. You know, what's your thought on on that Raptor TRX? Is is the Silverado going to end up doing something as like they have their off road? I don't know Z seventy one and whatever. Are they going to end up doing their thing? Chevy's in a Chevy's the interesting one right now because. The Silverado was in many ways, particularly the interior, a bit of a disappointment when it came out a couple of years ago. And we did a, a, a triple test, and actually the Silverado came third behind the F-150, which was older. And that truck now looks dated next to the Ram, particularly the new F-150. So you've got to think Chevy has got to do something just to breathe some life into in, into Silver into Silverado. Um a lot of these vehicles, I know I remember I, I shot a documentary in my old life on the development of the Ford Focus RS. And they were adamant that they had to have a proper business model behind this car, that car, that the days when you could just do these as a kind of marketing thing were, were, were over, really. Mm-hmm. And yes, there was a, a marketing value to it, but it still needed to kind of stand up, which is why they did the RS, but they never did the um, RS500 version, yeah. which would have, been, would have been incredible. But they just couldn't make the business case. So, yeah, people have, you know, as, as budgets have got tighter and who knows what impact COVID, you know, all these brands have been losing billions. Yeah. Some of these more kind of, you know, so some of these nice to have projects, they're going to get canned. And, and that's going to be a shame. I, I'm curious how the car companies plan to roll out some of these because you have to get back to business. You have to make money. And and you're right. There's the issues of can they build them? There's a safety issue in the manufacturing plants. And then do you go and buy them? There's a safety issue at the dealers. And then there's the uh, do people have money to to buy them? Like especially that you know the average person that would get a work truck or something like that or or whatever. We're not talking about the Ferrari dealership. I don't know that they're hurting. Although McLaren is, nobody's buying McLarens right now. <laughs> But uh, it's it's weird how some of these are affected and some of them aren't. But by and large, the automotive industry is taking a big hit financially. It, it, to be honest, mate, it's a really funny market right now. And our website traffic is a real barometer of the industry because ultimately we're talking to people buying vehicles. And our traffic is absolutely flying. We're actually above where we would have predicted to be without COVID. Without COVID. Some of that is we're probably doing a better job. But some of that is also pent-up demand. And one of the big problems right now in the, in the market, I mean, everybody's oh, great, there's loads of deals. Well, there was for a short time, but now there's big, big uh, supply and demand issues. They haven't been able to ramp up production fast enough. And I was talking to some Toyota executives. They were, they were really worried about what they call a hockey stick recovery, where it goes along flat and then suddenly it takes off because they knew that they just couldn't build vehicles fast enough. Uh, and certain vehicles, popular vehicles, are running out of inventory. So the demand is there that they can't satisfy, and that's a, that's a big problem. So it's, it's such a funny market. There's a lot of – even if the big brands can get their plants going again, there's big problems with suppliers who don't have the financial firepower to put all those kind of steps that you need in, in, in place. And yet, at the same time, there appears to be really strong demand in the market. We can see that from our site. People are spending more time on our site. They're submitting more leads to dealers, things like that. So there's a market there. It's can you satisfy it? Can you satisfy it at the, the right price point and, and everything else? So it's it's a really strange time. But any fear that, that you would have like a 2008, 2009 situation where the market would just crash completely, there does seem to be demand out there. 
the funny thing is, and I'll, I'll footnote your com- your comments by saying that I just left the local Dodge dealership and they had a record May. Yeah, for for new new cars, hmm. and the problem now is supply and demand. These dealers do not cannot get the inventory to sell because people, for whatever reason, during the pandemic, whether it's sitting at home, you know, being bored, uh, uh, getting on the internet, you know, just looking at used cars, or coming in, you know, when there's nobody in the dealership and getting these great deals. It's amazing to me that these local dealerships are doing so well. Yeah, I mean, our our traffic initially dropped off about forty percent. So you know, we're suddenly staring at that, and that you know, it was a massive impact on us clearly. And then suddenly, it's suddenly it's recovered. It's um, but everybody's you know, there's marketing. But how do you market a product that doesn't exist because you can't build it fast enough? You know, there's yeah. there's all sorts of fears as the new waves come through. I mean, mini plant in the UK suddenly fifteen people got the virus, and then it's like, do we shut it down? Do we not? There's you know, as you know, big problems in California, big problems across a lot of the southern states at the moment, like where, where Bill is. So, yeah, it's it's, and then there's all the knock-on effects as people start. You know, unfortunately, more people are probably going to lose their jobs and things like that. So, how will that impact the market? I think the next eighteen months are going to be tricky um, for everyone. You know, you'd mentioned we're we're talking about finances and major manufacturers. Uh, I, I read a little uh, note about McLaren, and they got bailed out. What's what do you know yeah. about that situation? Well, most of uh, most of McLaren is owned by a Bahrainian sort of sovereign fund, and in the end, they went to the Bahrainian bank, which is also basically pretty much owned by the same people in Agadir. there, but pretty much, uh, I'm sure not technically. Uh, so they they got they got bailed out, but it's a fascinating it's a fascinating case because they were trying to raise finance off the back of their factory the mclaren technical technology center which is incredible and yeah they were going to leverage the factory leverage their car collection leverage everything is collateral but but the people who they'd already raised finance a few years ago and the people that raised finance then basically put their hand up and said hang on a minute we have the classic car collection in the factory so you can't basically mortgage something twice and so they're off to the the high court in the uk to basically define whether because the people who had the, the debt originally were now saying, well, our collateral's not, our, our collateral's not worth anything. Um, oh, so, I mean, it's a complete, I'm sure the lawyers are loving it. It's, it's a complete mess. And I'm a big McLaren fan. I, you know, I enjoy the road, the road cars. And I'm, I mean, I'm really excited about Formula One coming back this weekend. And it's, it's tough to see. I mean, they'll lose, they've laid off 1,200 people. Uh, most of that's in automotive, only about 75 in Formula One. So it's tough, tough times. And I, I mean, I remember when they set up, I was approached, I was in the UK and I chatted to a couple of hedge funds who just came to me for, you know, for a bit of kind of expert advice and about whether they should invest. And it's such a tough game, supercars, mm-hmm. such a tough game, all the technology, the market. And even if you can afford one, you know, can do you want to be, you know, can you be seen driving that there's so many factors at play? And we've seen it with Aston Martin as well, getting themselves into a right mess and the DBX launch has just been delayed by a couple of weeks because the electronics aren't quite right. And there's, it's such a tough world. Cars are so expensive. And there's, there's no room to, to mess it up. Right. And, uh, you know, again, to loop back on Ford, uh, Ford admits that they sort of flubbed the Explorer launch and arguably the aviator launch, and they don't want to make the mistake with, with, F-150, they don't want to make a mistake with Bronco. Uh, everything is super important. And, 
you, you can't have a car that comes out and you got to recall all of them for fuel pumps or whatever. Like manufacturers can't do that. So uh, to your point, yes, you know, Aston Martin's going to roll out their first SUV. It's got to be pretty good. You know, it's it, it, you know, it's it's got to work. And I and, and I expect it to and I expect it to be impressive, but they really need to make sure it happens in the right way. Um I don't know how much it costs to buy ad time at you know in, in this day and age, mm-hmm. but you know why didn't a major manufacturer buy a thirty second ad, right, and 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 advertise the launch, drive everybody to a website, you know, on a certain time, a certain day? Yeah, that seems to be money well spent in this this circumstance, you know. Yeah, I think they're seeing some of that on online ads being spent, some online, and of course, yeah, but do it on TV to drive people online. Yeah, I, I don't addition. I don't disagree with that. It's like they've always relied on doing the debut events and having the media there and having the media run with it so it doesn't feel like they're controlling yeah. the narrative. The media gets to say, hey, we like this thing. This is going to be cool or we don't like this or whatever. But uh, I, I've got no problem with uh, – with with Ford running a commercial going, hey, Bronco launch is going to be streamed online on YouTube. Uh, why not? You know, hey, instead of 30,000 people watching that video for the launch, why don't 3 million people watch that video for the launch? Yeah. 30 million. Yeah. I, I was surprised. I, I saw that. I watched that same YouTube live show. There's about 30,000 people watching. Yeah. Which I was surprised it was as low as that. I, I, I thought they might be just, I don't know what their expectation was. But I thought that I thought they might have expected more than that. You know what? But to Bill's point, I asked several people. I go, "Hey, let's talk about F one fifty. Did you guys watch the launch?" They all said, "I didn't even know there was one." Exactly. Yeah, they like you nobody across knows. all forms of media. Yeah, during this time, I, I think that's the smartest way to advertise. And and I'm not just talking about people that would be interested in the truck. I'm talking about like other other podcast hosts and stuff. They didn't they didn't know that launch was happening. You know, they're just, I don't put know, something up, put something up as original as humanly possible on a 30 mm-hmm. second ad to draw attention to, to a destination period. It's it, the, the way marketing is these days. That's a very simple task. Yeah. So, all right. So uh, a good. final word on F-150 before we move on to other topics. Uh, Alistair, your thoughts on F-150. Are you in? Are you not in? Do you think it's going to be huge for Ford? Do you think the upgrade's too mild? Do you, like, what's your overall? You haven't driven it yet, I don't think. But, uh, no. uh, uh, you know, you have some information that uh, the rest of us don't have, but we did see the presentation. What are your thoughts? Is this going to leapfrog the current Ram model, or or do you think it's just bringing it up to equal playing ground? I think everything they've done is sensible. Um, and I think, you know, it, it is kind of where the criticisms of the old vehicle were, particularly the interior starting to feel really dated. So I think there's nothing on there that you'd think was, um, you know, was it was a bad call. They, it'd be interesting to see how it drives. You mentioned the rear suspension. Um, but yeah, as I said, I think that, you know, Ram versus F-150, um, we'll throw the Silverado and there will be, be a great test for us at the end of the year. I think the last one we did has got about 2 million views and this one I'm sure will do the same. Um, the big, you know, the big one, as I mentioned, Silverado now feels like an old product. Um, so GM's got a big job on their hands there. But yeah, I mean, it looks it looks good. The interior looks terrific. There's some really clever details. Hybrid, you know, I'm sure it's going to be expensive, but that brings, you know, some new toys to the party. 
and he's a bit of a unique selling point for Ford. So, yeah, I'm excited about it. Also excited about Bronco. It's a, it's a big year for Ford. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's good to know. Uh, let's introduce our friends Bronco at Bronco looks good, by the way. The Bronco? Is that what you said? I've seen it. Yeah, it looks good. Oh, I can't say right. anything because it's like Swan and Six. It looks good. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, then we might talk about it. We might not talk about it. We'll find out. It's going to no, happen more, soon. More, more. Well, we, we know this. is It's going to happen in July, and uh, and that's good timing for us. So let's schedule for you to come back on the show right around uh, or you know after Bronco launch and uh, get your thoughts on it as well. Again, they oftentimes send out information to you, to me, whatever, that we can't talk about yet. They're just kind of getting us primed for the conversation, and we're embargoed on saying stuff. But uh, uh, I want to welcome McGuire's uh, uh, new sponsor to CarCast. You know, car waxes, they've come a long way. Last year, McGuire's has introduced their hybrid ceramic spray wax. It's advanced uh, SiO2 hybrid technology. It delivers ceramic wax protection and durability. There's really no rubbing or curing or buffing. It provides an extreme water beating action, which is fantastic. And this year, Meguiar's has launched their liquid version. It seals the paint for long-lasting protection against the elements. It's easy to use and applies like a traditional wax. Also, they have a hybrid ceramic spray dealer uh, detailer you guys should check out. This removes contaminants like dust and fingerprints and bird droppings, and and uh, it helps to boost the gloss and enhances the protection. It's a really cool uh, spray deal- detailer in between the, the major detailing that you want to uh, do on your car. So check it out. It's uh, it's Ceramic Made Easy by Meguiar's, and uh, Meguiar's can be found pretty much everywhere, every store, every local auto parts store and online and whatever. So check them out. Thanks, Meguiar's. Uh, I want to ask you about the C8 Corvette, and it, I don't know why. Maybe it's just my feeling on this, but uh, uh, it feels like this car is old already, and we don't have any real information. It's like, you know, there's a few on the streets, and some people are developing exhaust kits and, and doing stuff, but it, it just felt like... It, you know, it was the hottest thing in the world, and now all the fanfare is dead on it. And I realize it's because it debuted, and then production delays, and COVID, and this and that. And here we are, you know, I don't know. It feels like it was a year ago, maybe 10 months ago when it when it debuted. When did we go to, like, the hangar down in Orange County? You know, the big hangars down there, and, and did the debut. It was... September? Yeah. Maybe it was September. Maybe not quite a year. Maybe we're nine months into it. I drove it in I drove it in November last year, I think, because just before our award stuff, before Film House Award stuff. I think it was like end of October, beginning of November that I drove it. Okay. So now do we have any real test information on this car yet? Have 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 you been able to put it on your track? Do we know what this thing is doing? Well, actually, the one that we're buying is imminent. It's been built in mid-July. Um, so I'm actually hoping to go down in Kentucky and, and film it being built. We're just It's just a little bit dicey at the moment with the whole you know, situ- you know situation we find ourselves in flying down to Nashville and stuff. So we're just looking looking into that. But, yeah, we, we should have ours at the end of July. I mean, this car was supposed to be built last December, and we were expecting to get it in January. But but that you had first you had the UAW strike, which delayed production. Mm-hmm. Then, then uh, that had pretty much been sorted out when when COVID hit. So, our our car is literally seven or eight months late. It's it's it it feels weird because we're seeing them 
we're you know we're seeing like the YouTubers, we're seeing the videos of you know we're seeing companies going, hey, we got one on the dyno, and then you know we've got one, uh, you know we're developing an exhaust kit, and Speedcore's doing all these carbon fiber pieces. Everything for it. seems old after Hennessy does their thing to it, <laughs> right? Right? Yeah, that's when it seems to be okay. It's our it's been out here long enough to where okay, well, what's next? Well, it yeah. seems like everybody's doing all this aftermarket stuff on a car that doesn't exist, and, and we don't even have the testing. No, yeah, we haven't even seen, we haven't heard like the test numbers. Like, I want Alistair to come in and go, "Hey, everything that Chevy's been barking about this car is dead on. This car is fast and it handles great and it's comfortable, and there are a lot of buttons on the interior." Or it turns out all the buttons make sense. Like, who? Nobody knows. I feel like we should know. <laughs> Hurry if, up! If your anything, car. the only thing we know is what they they. They manufactured, they sold 2,500. Is that correct? And the only thing that we really do know is that it's going to be a, a car worth a little bit of money because of the low production numbers in the first year of the car. Yeah. The only thing I know about it, basically. It, it, it's a danger. I remember, like, there was a bit like the same with the Honda or the Acura NSX that they, I think there was like a five year lag between them showing the car at the Detroit show and it actually going on sale. And by the time you went on sale, you're a bit like, eh, seen that. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it feels, and it, and it just psychologically feels a bit old. And, and actually, a, a C8 passed me near home the other day, and I looked at it, and oh, it was a bit of an Yeah, you forgot yeah, about those. Yeah. yeah. I, it, that's the thing is it feels like it's a huge flop. It's not. It's just not out there yet, but it just feels like it came out. We were all excited about it, and and now we don't see on the, any on the road. And a few people are modifying the ones that are out there. And so, like, the only ones that exist feel like they're just, like, on YouTube and, and you know, and a handful of people. Look, the Rick, unicorn. Yeah. Like, look, Richard Waitis at Magnaflow, they've had one in there. They're developing all the exhaust kits and doing the thermal testing and all the sound and, and all that crazy stuff. And it looks fantastic. But that full exhaust kit's going to be out long before the car. <laughs> <laughs> right? I don't know how, like, as soon as uh, Alistair gets his, they're going to take it to the test track. Edmunds is going to run numbers on it. And then you guys should start modifying it because there's going to be more parts available than there will be uh, vehicles. You know, like, it's very likely that whatever the next version, the Z06 or ZR1 version, is probably going to come out around the same time as the delivery of the of the normal C8. Yeah, Z06, we're getting a lot of spy pictures. That's, uh, you know, that's well on its way. I think ZR1 will be, be behind it. But, yeah, Z06 is definitely on its way. Do, do they end yeah, up... They, you, Sorry, Matt. I was going to say, are, are, would they... Is there a move for them to go, hey, Z06 was going to debut it this year and be on the lots in January, but they're saying, I don't know, maybe they should push to August 21 just so they don't cut into sales of and deliveries of the C8? Just yeah, maybe. Uh, and I think Ford's actually done a good job of, of not launching the Bronco because, you know, they delayed that launch. Yeah, but we've been waiting for and that for 10 years, so we're fine. Yeah. <laughs> but there is a danger in, in unveiling something then saying, oh, it's not going on sale for, um, you know, for another year and a half or whatever it is. Doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, I mean, I, I get there's... You know, COVID and whatever, and there's some rules. Uh, there are some things that change the rules on us, so there's not a lot we can we can do there for that. But um, anyway, it's just kind of it's kind of interesting. And yeah, we we you know we're excited about hearing you talk about uh, the Edmund C8 when it comes in. And 
Uh, oh, what I color think this, you guys? I think, the la- I think the launch of the Z06 gives them another opportunity for a first launch, maybe. I mean, that, yeah. that's another way to look at it. You're right. It's it's a re-release. Like arguably, the C8 launch at the, last year was a soft opening, and now we've got the grand opening yeah. coming up. You know, yeah. uh, uh, I haven't even bothered reaching out to GM to say, "Hey, can we get one to test?" Because I, I, I don't even, I don't want to be a pest about it and go like, "Hey, man, we've been talking about the C8 for for ten months now. Maybe we should start driving one." You know, so I'm sure everybody on the planet's asking for that. So it'll just happen when it happens. But you know, yeah. Yeah, we'd love to get some seat time in it. And it's going to end up being one of these things where, I don't know, someone gets one before we even get a press fleet and we'll end up driving one of those just to come back here and offer an opinion on it. You know, it's very likely, Alistair, you'll get uh, the Edmunds uh, C8 before the press fleet in L.A. gets C8. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's probably true. Yeah, <laughs> um, but uh, I guess that's what's good about you guys. You guys get the orders in and spend money that we don't have to spend over here. Um, let me. Uh, I want to uh, just touch on a couple of the uh, videos and stuff you have coming out soon. I want to plug some of that stuff before we run out of time. Just a reminder from our friends at Dodge: summertime is the best time to join the Brotherhood of Muscle because Dodge Power Dollars means you get a guaranteed discount, and the math is simple. You've heard us talk about it for before. You get $10 off based on the total horsepower of your Dodge vehicle. So every 2020 Challenger, every 2020 Durango, 2020 Charger, they're all, they all offer power dollars. You get the most out of your horsepower this summer with $10 off for each horsepower. That means you can go into the dealer. You can uh, enjoy the sweet sounds of your new Charger SRT Scat Pack with 485 horsepower and get 4850 bucks off. Uh, and this summer, Power Dollars is back on the Dodge Durango. This wasn't available before for a while, but now we're back. So when you're behind the wheel of a Dodge Durango, you're behind the wheel of a performance-driven SUV. And whether you're rolling around with your friends or family, you'll be able to fit everyone because Durango's got seven passenger seating capacity. So we love that. So get more power. Get more off. It's that simple. Hurry into your local Dodge dealer now to take advantage of Dodge Power Dollars. Uh, Bill, did you uh, did you ask them if the Power Dollars was available on the TRX that you're, TRX. Uh, yeah, you're advance ordering. <laughs> I will tomorrow. Yeah, you should go back when and I ask. Pick up the, when I, hey, I'm finally picking up the Ram, the uh, the 99. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this thing, I don't even want to get, I'm not even going to get into We don't, we don't have enough back. time. We don't have enough time. We're going to, we're going to yeah. save it for the next well, one. We'll get into more projects. Let's just say that the 392 in the, in the 99 Ram is finally coming home two and a half years after I nice. sent it out. So. All right. Well, listen, I've got a Mustang on a lift for four years. So, uh, yes, I understand. Oh, I, I, I went in, I, I went in and I worked on it this weekend. I was working on those supercharger brackets. Uh, uh, so I did go in there and, uh, get some work done. I felt good about it. You know, mostly I stood there and scratched Perfect my head and, and walked around looking for tools that I couldn't find, but I did get some stuff done. Uh, Alistair, uh, give us a heads up of what's going on over at Edmonds. I, I know you guys did something with a new mini. Uh, was it the GP? I always liked the GP. Yeah, I, I just, we're doing, we've got a test coming up for the GP. Actually presenting that all my, myself. Um, yeah, it's sort of spoiler alert. It's not that good. We had it down the track and 
they, it's just one of those, you know, where they just turn the power up so much that the front is struggling. It's an interesting test because it's really fast in a straight line, and we put it, we did all the numbers on it. Um, I'm not a massive fan of the way it goes around corners, uh, but um, but yeah, that's coming up. Uh, we just launched the film on the F150. If you want to know more about that, uh, Bronco, we've already had a bit of access to that. We're waiting for that to, that that launch to happen because you know they delayed it because it were, they originally were going to launch it on OJ Simpson's birthday. What a what a <laughs> so terrible coincidence, right? Like I you just I, like. Sometimes you just worry about like the press office when they just send me send me send me tweets that and they're like, you got you know. Yeah. But um that's coming that's coming out. Excited about that. Uh we've got a yeah, we've got a ton of stuff. I mean, we're back filming, we're back testing, you know, admittedly in trickier conditions, but yeah, we're fully we're we're fully on it. All right. So uh remind everybody we're going to edmunds.com slash road noise. That's the basically the feed for all the new stuff, all the great videos and stuff out there, and of course all the research as you're shopping around. Uh uh you go to edmunds.com uh as well. So um I'm trying to think if there was anything that we wanted to touch on that we we're, we're running out of time now, but uh is there anything that we needed to get to? Uh, not from my perspective. It's nice chatting to you guys again. All right. Well, and and also the uh, the biggest uh, news in the car world is, of course, the new Instagram handle for uh, for <laughs> for uh, for Alistair. It's Weaver on Cars. He's no longer Weavometer. Get rid of that. Forget you even heard it. Weaver on Cars is his new Instagram handle, and Alistair Weaver on Twitter. And of course, you can find uh, Goldberg and I. Uh, moderator on all the social media as well weaver on cars on instagram <laughs> follow him or i'll kill you <laughs> there, there you, you go, go. <laughs> there you go that's a lovely sentiment from, i love you uh, it's a lovely uh, sentiment from bill <laughs> um follow follow the splendid chap goldberg Love you guys. We made it through the entire show without making Alistair say a Mach E. He said electric Mustang just so he wouldn't have to say Mach E or Mach One. You're losing. You're losing (laughs) your. uh, You're losing your. Um, your, your timing, Matt, yes. because All right. I um, thought you would have tricked him into it. I know. All right, so this is what we've got coming up soon. I'll give you a little teaser on this. Is uh, We're going to get into some of the projects we've got going on. Uh, in July, mid-July, after the Bronco debut, we'll have Alistair back on. He's got a lot of inside track, far, hopefully more than what you're even going to see in the debut on Bronco. He said he's seen it. He loves it. And uh, cosmetically, at least, and we'll get more details on that. And then also, uh, our buddy Dave from Speedcore uh, will be joining us, I think, in a couple of weeks. And uh, uh, I want to talk about, we mentioned C8. They're developing a bunch of carbon stuff for the C8. We mentioned their partnership with Classic Restorations and the full carbon fiber 67 Mustang that they're doing. We've got some cool stuff to talk about with him. It's always fun chatting with those guys. I know, Bill, you got a car going to them. When when Gearheads is done with the Charger, it's going back over to them. We'll touch a little bit on that as well. So a lot of cool stuff coming up in the next few weeks as well. Guys, thank you so much. Uh, thanks you uh, so much for uh, for listening, and uh, let's do it uh, next week. More stuff. Until next time, keep the air in the spare and the bag in the wheel. And remember, roll bars in a four door are very practical. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and you're, and you're <laughs>
For the latest updates and call-in times, follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CarCast Show. If you'd like to write in, fill out the form on CarCastShow.com. And don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes. CarCast is a Corolla Digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana. For more information, visit CarCastShow.com. Guys, thanks for listening. Uh, we always enjoy when Alistair's on the show. And just a reminder from our friends at Geico. Right now, Geico is offering an extra 15% credit on car, motorcycle, and RV policies. That's 15% on top of the money Geico already saves you. So what are you waiting for? Your dog to make you breakfast in bed? Well, that's never going to happen. Saving money can happen now. There's never been a better time. So switch to Geico. Save an extra 15% when you switch before or by October 7th. That's the deadline. Go to Geico.com to learn more. With currently no NBA, NHL, or MLB, you might think there's nothing to bet on. Well, you'd be wrong. Our exclusive partner, Bet Online, still have hundreds of events, games, and props to wager on. From their online casino to poker and blackjack, as they are bringing the Vegas to you. Missing the NFL? No problem. Bet Online has live daily Madden NFL 20 simulations you can wager on. If you're into entertainment betting, you can still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices, and even the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. All open 24 hours a day and all online. Visit the website or use the mobile device and join today to receive your new welcome bonus. Bet Online, your online wagering solution. Visit our good friends and exclusive partner at Bet Online to take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Sign up for a free account and make sure to use that promo code PODCAST1 for your sign-up bonus. Visit betonline.ag and don't forget that promo code PODCAST1 for your sign-up bonus. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Who are you texting? My therapist. You text with your therapist? Text, video chat, call? Yep. That sounds too easy. How did you find her? I just went to betterhelp.com slash save. She's a licensed therapist and it's all online. I connect when it's convenient for me and don't waste time driving anywhere. Plus it's affordable. I wonder if I should try it. It's great to talk to someone in confidence. She's helped me sort out quite a few things. And right now you save 10% off the first month when you go through betterhelp.com slash save. Betterhelp.com slash save. Got it. With the holidays just around the corner, Macy's makes it easy to get your online orders fast with contact-free curbside pickup or pickup inside the store. Need it now? Try same-day delivery powered by DoorDash, available in select locations. Plus, shop early and late with extended store hours right up to the last minute. And don't forget, if you're getting your purchases delivered by mail, make sure you place your order by December 18th on Macy's.com. Some exclusions apply. Pickup and same-day delivery valid for most in-stock items at select stores only. 